there, Buccaneers fans. This is Casey Phillips and senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And it is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. As always, this is where we take your questions. So if you're not already watching on the Buccaneers Facebook page, you can head on over there. And in the comment section underneath our live video, you can submit your questions there for us. So I know as we give people a chance to do that, uh, now is the time of year that there are a lot of things that are going to start happening in terms of roster building, looking forward to the team. So first of all, just give us a little bit of an idea of a couple things coming up on the calendar that Bucks fans might want to watch. Well, the next, I guess, date on the calendar of some significance is the start of the two-week window in which teams can use franchise and transition tags on their players. And that's next Tuesday, the 22nd. That's when that will begin. And then you have two weeks leading up to close to free agency uh, to do that if you so choose. And then the uh, NFL scouting combine is back. You missed a year last year due to the, the pandemic, but um, it's back in person. And that's always a big event that draws pretty much all the personnel people and coaches and media from around the league to Indianapolis. So that'll be March 1 to March 7th. And then the start of free agency, which is the new calendar year for the NFL is March 16th. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the franchise tag part. Um, what are some of the potential options for it? How likely it is the team uses it? Just kind of break down some of the things that maybe we would want to know when it comes to the franchise tag. Well, you know, the last couple of years, uh, the big story for the Buccaneers and free agency was how well they were able to retain all of their key free agents, especially last year. And in both cases, one of the key elements there was using the franchise tag first on Shaq Barrett in 2020 and then on uh, Chris Godwin last year. And in both cases, that really helped because that was one off the table that you didn't have to worry about. And in Shaq's case, it ended, it ended up leading to a long-term contract to keep him around for a long time, which is great. That didn't happen with Chris Godwin. And so people are going to wonder, would the Bucs um, tag Chris Godwin for the second year in a row? The issues there are uh, when you when you do that a second year in a row, you have to give them one 120% of what they had last year, or if the formula works out to being more, then you give them that. But it's going to be at least about $19.3 million for the wide receiver franchise tag for Chris Godwin this year. Uh, obviously, he's probably worth that given what he does to the team. But you're also talking about a player um, who is early in the stages of recovering from a knee injury. And that always makes it harder for teams to make big long-term decisions. Well, not long-term, but big decisions on right now. So uh, that complicates matters. I would think probably the most likely candidate if the Bucs decide to do it three years in a row is Carlton Davis, because uh, the Bucs certainly think, and I think a lot of people around the league think that he's a number one caliber cornerback. He's also only 25 years old and it's hard to hard to let that go. You know what I'm saying? So the franchise tag for a corner is about $17 million. That's a lot, but you know, that's market value. So we'll see. I would think he's probably the most likely one. Okay. And we had a question um, from Sean asking, what is your prediction of what position we will draft in the first round? And uh, that kind of also links to what I was going to ask next about the combine coming up and just how we feel like the draft evaluation process itself might be different this year compared to last year when you were bringing everybody back for sure. And you had, you know, just how things might be different in terms of how you're evaluating not only the first round pick, but, but the draft overall. And so, yeah, for you, first round, what position seems likely? And then overall, how you think they're going to be evaluating draft prospects this year? Okay, so it's a little tough, that question right now in mid-February. And you kind of alluded to the reason why. There's a long list of free agents. And depending upon whom the Buccaneers can bring back, 
will really impact how they decide to go. Last year, we all remember the story was the Buccaneers were in a position to draft just about anywhere they wanted to. Um, edge rusher did seem like the most likely candidate for the position, and that's how it ended up being. But it was sort of a luxury draft in which you could really go best player available. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think the Buccaneers are going to have a hard time getting all of those free agents back, probably lose one or two of them. I don't want to predict who, but it's hard to imagine us getting all of them back. So if you lose Carlton Davis, cornerback suddenly becomes very important. Also because Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean will be in line to hit free agency next year. So depending upon what you're able to keep out of all those guys, corner can become an issue really quickly. And uh, I'm going to fall back on the line that you've heard me say a million times, Casey, you can never have enough quality cornerbacks. So to me, I like that. Uh, Bucks probably could use another edge rusher. Who knows if JPP is going to be back. Um, you could always use help on the offensive line. Who knows if Ryan Jensen's going to be back. So one of those three positions probably would be at the top of my list. And then running back. And I'm not a big proponent of first round running backs, but we are talking about the end of the first round around where the Buccaneers took Doug Martin 10 years ago. And that worked out pretty well. So there's a lot of possibilities, but we'll have a better focus on that after free agency begins. Okay. And, and the other uh, half of you asked me about uh, evaluating players. I think okay. the biggest thing about the combine being back and in person is not the workouts because the scouts and coaches will always tell you, they know what they know from film uh, and their pro days. They'll get plenty of time to see the players work out there. What they value the most is those sit down meetings in the evenings. And those obviously had to be conducted via zoom last year. I think the fact that you'll get to be back sitting down with all those guys for that whole week and just knocking out tons of 15 minute interviews is probably the biggest difference in the evaluation process this year. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right. Our next question was from Eric. He said, do you see us getting a quarterback in free agency? There's not a bumper crop of quarterbacks in free agency. I think the biggest names are like Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, which seems very unlikely. And that's, I'm probably missing one or two of them there, but it's not, it's not a really exciting group, I would say. So that's why there's so much speculation about every quarterback who seemingly doesn't have, does not have a totally solid will to stay with the team he's with right now, or the team may want to move on. Like San Francisco may want to turn to Trey Lance and, and let Jimmy Garoppolo go. So that's why you're hearing all that. And those names are a little bit more exciting because they're guys like Russell Wilson. Uh, so uh, I don't know. The, the free agent market doesn't seem like a bumper crop right now. Right. Uh, Sean had asked if uh, UCS bringing back Richard Sherman as a potential coach, considering he ended up being used in that role some this season. Well, that depends on if Richard Sherman wants to transition into coaching right now. He, I know injuries kind of marred his attempt to come back with us here last year, and he ended up not playing a ton of games, but he might still want to play. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I mean, sure. He obviously is good at it and, and, uh, We've seen Bruce Arians through the years at times do that quickly with some of his players. Uh, you know, they finish their career and they're coaching almost right away. So it's possible. Sure. Okay. And I'm sure you're shocked that we've had a whole bunch of questions about just the quarterback situation uh, at large. Um, so we will again, run back what we uh, can know at this point in time. I, I, we know that we're going to be talking about this every Wednesday as, as we should. I know that this is a huge topic of discussion for all of the fans and everything going on. So I'll essentially sum up all the different versions of it um, from whether it's someone yelling at us, who is going to be our quarterback? I always love the all caps questions. Really, really fun. And then also the idea of just what is the most likely route we would go, whether it's in-house draft, free agency, trade. Well, starting in-house, there's only one quarterback 
under contract right now. Well, that's not technically true because Tom Brady remains technically on the roster, but he's retired. Um, Kyle Trask, the second year guy who we drafted at the end of the second round last year, didn't really get to see him play. So it's really kind of hard to evaluate if he'd be ready at the start of next season. Blaine Gabbert is actually a, a pending unrestricted free agent again, like he was last year. Uh, but I believe that if the Buccaneers came to him and said, we want to resign you and you have a real good job, just fight for the starting job. He'd probably be pretty motivated to come back. So even though he's not under contract yet for 2022, I think he remains one of the options. Uh, we talked already just a minute ago about how the free agency field isn't really strong at quarterback this year. So that one seems unlikely to me. So then you're talking about possible trade acquisitions and listen, we can be asked this every week. There's no way we're going to have an answer for that right now until things start happening. But I kind of, in a bigger sense, do think that the Buccaneers will try to take a big swing like they did two years ago with Tom Brady. You can't take a bigger swing than Tom Brady, but you can take a pretty big swing. And uh, I think they'll try. It doesn't mean it's not going to be easy because there's salary cap considerations and what do you give up in a trade? And does any team even want to trade their stud quarterback? So but I just think because this roster is still so, so talented at so many positions uh, that the Buccaneers consider themselves contenders, that window is still open. And so the first thing they'll do is try to swing big. And then uh, if that doesn't work out, then you have to, you know, try something like Blaine Gabbard or somebody from the free agent market. Okay. Well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks as always for those great questions. We'll be back here next week again to answer them. So we'll see you then. <laughs> Thank you.